Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. Isaiah 59 and 60, how to secure life in heaven in the fantastic glory of God. No matter how much we try to deny it, no matter how much we try to sweep our sins under the rug, no matter how many acts of goodness we do, our sin blocks salvation. Our sin separates us from God. The more we sin, the further away we get from God's glory. We fall deeper and deeper into the darkness of this world. In these next two chapters, Isaiah lists 32 sins that Israel and we have committed and still and are still committing. Nevertheless, he then tells us of the hope found only in Messiah. How many sins can you pick out? Let's dig in. Isaiah 59, warning against sin. Listen. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers. Your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies and your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds and then give birth to sin. They hatch deadly snakes and weave spiders' webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Whoever cracks them will hatch a viper. 
their webs can't be made into clothing and nothing they do is productive. All their activity is filled with sin and violence is their trademark. Their feet run to do evil and they rush to commit murder and they think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads and no one follow no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. So there is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light, but find only darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. We growl like hungry bears. We moan like mournful doves. We look for justice, but it never comes. We look for rescue, but it is far away from us. For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sins, sinners we are. We know we have rebelled and have denied the Lord. We have turned our backs on our God. We know how unfair and oppressive we have been carefully planning our deceitful lies. Our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone. And anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord, especially on social media, the Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. In the West, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the East, they will glorify him. For he will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them and neither will these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken. The end of Isaiah 59. The good news. The good news is, is God's arm is long enough to reach you. Given that, you have to make the decision to repent. Turn away from your sinful life. Stop sinning. You have to be sincere about your wanting to stop walking in darkness and start walking in the light of the Lord. Um, as Sandy Adams says, God's ear is tuned to the frequency of sincerity. All in all, as stated here, as long as you are sinning, he won't hear your pleas. Are you a child of God or a friend of the world? This snippet from one of the studies I'm using found in the free YouVersion Bible app explains, okay, quote, if we claim to be children of God but still live in sin, then we are actually lying. God cannot work miraculously and wonderfully if we are still living in sin. 
Let us learn to live in holiness so that God can use us and we can respond to the salvation given by him correctly. That's from the Bible study, the book of Isaiah by Bethany Church in Singapore. And you want to learn more about that, it's in the free version Bible app. When you become born again, you are cleansed from all your sin, past, present, and future. However, we have to continuously strive to be Christ-like. We must strive for what is righteous and turn from what is evil. Even so, you will be mocked, victimized, persecuted, and attacked. That's why we must rely on the Holy Spirit to get us through. We must stand firm um, in our faith and not waver one bit. The armor of God. <laughs> Here's where Paul got the inspiration for his armor of God lesson to prepare us for our battles against the enemy. That's in um, uh, Ephesians 6. And Pastor Sandy Adams clarifies this. So God is dressed for the occasion. I'm quoting Sandy Adams. He put on righteousness. Jesus committed to what was right, and he had a helmet of salvation. He was determined to do what it would take to save us, and we should dress like Jesus. Ephesians 6 lists the believer's armor. Paul includes both the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. But what he doesn't add to our wardrobe are these other two pieces of armor, garments of vengeance, and the cloak of zeal. And why? Romans 12, 19 tells us, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. The zeal of judgment is God's prerogative, not ours. At Jesus's first coming, he was dressed up to save. He wore the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. But at his second coming, he'll be wearing his combat fatigues. He's coming, he's coming to judge in the garments of vengeance and zeal as a cloak, unquote. Going on, Isaiah 60, future glory. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you, the camels of Midian and Ephah. The people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. The flocks of Kedar will be given to you. The rams of uh, Nebaioth will be brought for my altars. I will accept their offerings and I will make my temple glorious. So this is going to be a fourth temple, a fourth temple, the final temple. And what do I see flying like clouds to Israel, like doves to their nests? They are ships from the ends of the earth, from lands that trusted me, led by the great ships of Tarshish. They are bringing the people of Israel home from far away, carrying their silver and gold. They will honor the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has filled you with splendor. Foreigners will come to rebuild your towns and their kings will serve you. For though I have destroyed you in my anger, I will now have mercy on you through my grace. Your gates will stay open day and night and receive the wealth of many lands. The kings of the world will be led as captives 
in a victory procession for the nations that refuse to serve you will be destroyed. The glory of Lebanon will be yours, the forests of cypress, fir, and pine to beautify my sanctuary. My temple will be glorious. Again, this is the fourth temple. The descendants of your tormentors will come and bow before you. Those who despise you will kiss your feet. They will call you the city of the Lord and Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Though you were once despised and hated with no one traveling through you, I will make you beautiful forever, a joy to all generations. Powerful kings and mighty nations will satisfy your every need, as though you were a child nursing at the breast of a queen. You will know at last that I, the Lord, am your savior and your redeemer, the mighty one of Israel or Zion. I will exchange your bronze for gold, your iron for silver, your wood for bronze, and your stones for iron. I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Violence will disappear from your land and desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day nor the moon to give its light by night for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set, your moon will not go down for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever for I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. The end of Isaiah 60. Darkness, the absence of light. Well, evil is the absence of God, like darkness is the absence of light. When Jesus comes back to fight Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, he wins. There will be no more darkness. We won't need the sun, moon, or stars as Jesus himself will be our light. That's his kingdom come. The Jews from all nations will flock to Jerusalem. It will be a new heaven and a new earth along with a new Jerusalem. When they come, they will bring gifts. Notice that they're slightly different than what the Magi brought baby Jesus. So Pastor Sandy Adams explains, quote, this was partially fulfilled when the Jews returned from Babylon, but it'll be repeated in the last days. It's also interesting that when these Jews return, they'll come bringing gifts for the Messiah, King Jesus, and note the two gifts they bring, gold and incense or frankincense. When Jesus was born, the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here, the same gifts are given with the exception of the myrrh, and why? Myrrh was an embalming fluid. It was given to a man who was born to die. But in the kingdom age, Jesus' death is behind him. He was raised to never die again, unquote. The Jews are returning to Israel right now. And at the bottom of my blog, you can check out the video from Amir Sarfati from Behold Israel. And he kind of explains, you know, how, um, uh, how the people are coming back. Um, to Israel from all over the world. Right now, right this moment, the great tribulation will purify the Jews as told in Psalm 2. Psalm 2, starting in verse 10. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoicing with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, 
Jesus the Messiah, or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities for his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. For anyone to take refuge in Jesus, we must first admit that we need him. We need his salvation, the salvation that is only found through him. We need his peace, his joy, his comfort. We get those when he gives us believers the Holy Spirit. And you know something? Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a relationship with you. And he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Isn't it about time you let him in? What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. Click on over to my blog. Uh, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And again, at the bottom of my blog, like those who dream, by a, a teaching by Amir Sarfati. Um, and it's really good. It's really good. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that would be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. 
Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.